Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Stories in the Dark. This is season three of our spooky little podcast, and our theme this season is Monsters and Mayhem. I hope you enjoy our stories, because we certainly enjoy you. Hello, everyone. We have exciting news here at Stories in the Dark. As you may know, we have released our first book. It is a collection of short stories from the podcast, from seasons one through three. I selected 12 of my favorite stories, and I added a new one that we haven't seen on here before. So it is exclusive to the book. And you can get the book on Amazon. It is called Stories in the Dark, Volume 1, The Horror. It is a lovely cover design. We will actually link the artist down below. She did an amazing job. It's very creepy and gorgeous, just how we like everything to be. And you can get it on Kindle or you can order a paperback copy. If you have Kindle Unlimited, the book is actually free. So for those of you who are just joining us and have only heard a few episodes, you might enjoy the book as a way of getting caught up. Or if you have listened to all the episodes and you don't like reading, there's no need to buy it. At some point, I will post that bonus story up on our Patreon. But again, please go to Amazon and look for our book, Stories in the Dark, Volume 1. We would love any reviews that you might want to leave us and stay tuned because we will be hosting a giveaway of the book on both Instagram and Twitter. So that is coming up shortly. But for now, let's go to this week's episode. It is called The Swans of Willow Lake. I found her in the lake by my house one cold winter day when I was out walking. Nose running from the wind, hat and gloves barely enough to keep me warm. She was lovely, gliding across the stillness of the blue glass water, white wings and long neck and eyes that had no time for me. One of the last swans of Willow Lake. The wind tore at my eyes, and I rubbed them before the tears could freeze on my lashes, my gloves just mashing the water and not drying it. But she drifted on, uncaring. Willow Lake used to be famous for the swans that nested here, with their eggs the size of my palm, and their downy chicks and their silent disdain for the people who lived on the shores of their lake. Weeping willows grew like weeds, trailing their fingers in the water, a lovely sight. They stayed even after all the swans left. Had the willows caught them all, weaving a web of branches like a snare? A net trapping them? Or was it something we did? Most of us didn't notice at first the dwindling of the swans, 
But one spring, there were barely any chicks. We noticed that. We came to take the cute pictures of the babies and the majestic swans, and there were only a few fuzzy little ones bumbling around. And then the next year, there were none. The swans were gone. But here she was, years later, all alone on the still water of the lake, drifting as if she'd never left. I should have taken a picture. There was no one else here to see her, and no one would believe me later. But I didn't think of it. I just watched my breath frost the air. My feet crunched on frozen leaves as I found myself walking closer to the water. The lake smelled like wet bread, rotting plants just under the surface of the water, breathing out their reek so I could breathe it in. I wanted to get close to her. I wanted to touch her. I burned with it. She was so lovely and so out of reach. She drifted on the lake without a ripple, without any movement. My foot splashed in the shallows of the lake and she took off, flapping, the spell broken, and as she flew away she turned and looked at me with one black eye, fathomless and deep, and then she turned away from me and flapped her great wings. My feet were soaked, and the chill went straight to my bones. The ache started in my feet and worked its way up my shins to my knees as I hurried back to my house my little duplex, and I took off my wet shoes and socks on the porch and left them there as I unlocked my door, hands shaking and rattling the key in the lock. The shower warmed me up. I stood under the water until the hot water ran out, trying to get the heat into me. Even the hot shower couldn't drive out the chill entirely but it helped. I bundled up in my robe and slippers and made some tea. On my way out of the kitchen, I saw the wet footprints I'd left on the carpet. They smelled like the lake. I found some old towels and tried to soak up the water. I fell asleep and dreamed I was drowning in the lake, and a pale woman in white Feathers held me under, black eyes gleaming against the sky. I tried to pull her arms away, but my hands went through them. She was insubstantial but heavy, like guilt, like dreams, like the weight of obligations. She held me under, and the filthy water ran up my nose, and I opened my mouth and it crept inside me, forcing its way in, not like breath, but like an invader, a hostile army. And I choked, but nothing came out. 
The water just kept going in and in and in, and I was choking so hard I woke myself up, and the water I coughed up into my bed smelled like dead things. Dead things. My bed was soaked. I had to use my good towels this time. I was running out of towels. I put the sheets in the washing machine and made another cup of tea. I thought about the swan alone on the lake and me alone in my house. I found some stale bread in the pantry and put on my warm clothes and my rain boots and headed out to the lake. The wind bit at my cheeks and eyes, but I'd worn a fleece scarf and I pulled it up and wrapped it around my face to keep the wind out. My breath was hot under the fleece, hot and moist, but it was better than being cold. I walked right up to the edge of the lake, but she wasn't there. The water lay still and flat, and nothing moved on its surface. Nothing shadowed the deeper waters and I wondered if I imagined the lone swan drifting out on the lake, and I wished I had taken a picture. When I got back to my house, the smell hit me. The carpet was still soaking wet, and the smell filled the house. I took the towels from the dryer and laid them on the carpet to get the water up, and I opened the windows to let the smell out. And then I flipped my mattress, remade my bed, and wondered where she'd gone. I couldn't stop thinking about her, my lovely lady swan, where she'd been, where she'd gone to, why she'd come back. She was so graceful, that long neck, that perfect face. I went back to the lake every day, but she wasn't there. The smell in my house only got worse. The water was everywhere. Every night, I drowned in my dreams. Drowned. Drowned. Drowned down in the water. The filthy water in my nose, my mouth burrowing into my eyes, my hair drifting up to try to touch her, the woman in white who held me down. She had blood on her face. When I tried to wipe it off, my hands went through her every time. And then, after a week of this, the swan came back. My eyes wouldn't stop watering, as if all the lake water from my dreams of drowning poured out of me in the day. My nose ran. I had a wet cough in my chest. But still I went to the water every day until the day I found her again. When I walked up to the lake, I thought I saw a woman in it drowned, 
hair fanning out and waving in the water. But when I got closer, she was gone, and there she was instead, the swan, watching me with her black eyes. I took bread from my pocket and threw it in the water. She swam around and fluttered her wings, but she ignored the bread. She would not come to the shallow water. She turned to swim past me again, and I saw red on her feathers, blood, and it looked fresh. Was she hurt? I stepped into the water, and the smell burst up, gagging me. I hadn't brought my scarf this time. I had no way to cover my nose and mouth, and I worried I might throw up from the smell. I took shallow breaths, and I stepped further in. She drifted on the water, back and forth, watching me, curious about what I was doing, or maybe I imagined it. Maybe she didn't care. I stepped in further, and my boots sank into the mud and the decaying things, and the lake water came over the top of them and poured in filling my boots and I couldn't move. They were stuck in the mud and as I tried to step forward my feet came out of them and I kept walking into the lake barefoot in the freezing water holding out the bread for my swan. She looked at my heavy coat and so I took it off. She wanted me to take it off and so I did. And then I let the bread fall into the water and drift. And then my feet were no longer touching the ground. And I was swimming towards her to the center of the lake. She held still, waiting for me, her black eyes expressionless, her head and neck above me in the water, silhouetted against the sky, with the setting sun turning the winter sky red. She waited for me to come to her, and I coughed up something that smelled like the bottom of the lake, but I kept swimming, even though I felt like I would freeze and sink like a stone, and I couldn't feel my fingers anymore. I got closer and reached for her, but she swam away, still watching me. I wanted to touch her, see where the blood was coming from to hold her in my arms, but we were in her world, not mine. We had left mine behind, and I could only touch her if she let me. Even without my coat, my clothes were heavy, dragging me down, but I kept treading water, trying to stay afloat. But I was so cold so cold, and I just kept coughing up lake water. I felt myself going under, and I couldn't keep kicking. My legs were tired and heavy and frozen, and I could barely move. She swam towards me then, and she was huge up close, as big as a human, and she was going to save me. I was going to throw my arms around her and she would carry me to shore. 
But when she got closer, I couldn't raise my arms. They were too tired. She came up and put her head on my shoulder. And she smelled clean. She didn't smell like the filthy water of the lake. She smelled like clouds on a sunny day. She smelled like salvation. And her head was so soft. And I wished I could raise just one arm and touch her. The last of the swans on Willow Lake. I tried. I really did. My fingers remembered the touch of feathers. The down of the baby chicks. Their little cheeps and squawks and the tiny crunch. The warmth leaving their little bodies. The downy fluff everywhere. Sticking to the blood on my hands. I coughed again, and she raised her head and looked at me. We were eye to eye, her black eye looking into my blue one. And then she turned her beak to me and pecked me in the face, hard. And I felt it in my bones, that beak grinding into my cheek. And then she pulled her head back and watched me for a moment. A few seconds. Not long enough. My face was still stinging when she did it again. I tried to pull away from her. I found some more strength from somewhere and kicked away. I tried to swim away, but she wrapped her white wings around me and drove her beak into my eye. And she dragged me down under the water. I tried to hold my breath, but it was just like my dream. The water rushed up my nose, and she pulled me down, and she kept stabbing her beak into my face, and I gasped, and the blood mixed with the water, the filthy water filled with the decaying bodies of the dead swans, and I choked on my own blood and my own sins as she held me in her wings and I could feel the heart beating in her chest as she held me to her, and that was the last thing I felt. Not the water, not the burning of my lungs, not even my face, but her heart beating against mine, until at last mine sputtered weakly and then stopped, like the dying of a baby bird. So soft.